Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. You guys, today on Just The Sip, I have a special treat for your ass because one of my favorite shows and one of the most talked about Real Housewives franchises, Real Housewives of Potomac, is my jam right now. And Candace Dillard Bassett is here with us today. How are you? Ciao. I'm here, okay? First of all, congratulations. And I'm sorry that this has taken America so long to jump on this show. But people are really with Potomac right now. Like the amount of DMs and like new followers even, people are just like sopping Potomac up with a biscuit. And I'm I'm just like, where y'all been? We told y'all we had the sauce. Y'all we- late to the party. Okay. It's like Jasmine Sullivan. I'm like, oh my God, this woman, Jasmine Sullivan. Everyone's like, who's this Jasmine Sullivan? And then three years later, everyone's like, oh my God, Jasmine Sullivan. I'm like, I've been telling y'all about this for three years. Stop sleeping on stuff. You got to stop sleeping on people. Yes. Yes. Brandy's the same way. People sleep on Brandy like that. Like people don't know about her. Then they put their ear on the speaker and hear all them crazy background vocals and all them vocal acrobatics that the vocal Bible be doing. And they was like, wait a minute, Brandy can sing. No. Like, what do you mean? 100. But okay. this is where I feel like Brandy fails. Brandy doesn't know how to play the game. But you have to love her for that because she's always going to be Brandy. And you're right. You are so right. I think that is what has, in some ways, maybe kept her from really truly bursting through all the way. I think she has bursted through. She's respected. But the I think the stardom that some of these other R&B pop stars have, she didn't get there. Yeah, because because she does her own thing. But she can go to her grave knowing that I was always Brandy. And I respect that about her. 100%. But you know what? A bag is a bag. And if I got to fake it for two seconds to get this bag, to be more me in front of more people, come on. But see, that's a gospel that everybody can't subscribe to. I feel where you're coming from, okay? You got to do a little something extra for for a little piece of change to get to the comfort that you want to get. I get it. I understand that. But I respect, but also because, I think because I have a hard time, I kind of struggle with... Selling out and being yourself? Is it okay? Is it always okay to be Candace? Sometimes I'm like, maybe I should acquiesce a little bit. I go back and forth with that. Because 
I really just want to be me. And what you see is me, but I struggle to be her because I feel like people want me to be quieter and be less and say less and not speak my feelings all the time and not cry all the time. And I struggle with like, maybe I should try to be more streamlined. But let me ask you a question. You joined the series in season what? Three, season three. You joined in season three. So these women had already had, you know, two years under their belts on this show. Did you feel like you had to silence yourself because you were the newbie? Or did you feel like you had to come in guns a-blazing because you had to, you know, you had to make your mark on the show? No, I purposely came in my first season with no expectations, with no, I didn't like do research on anyone. Of course I had seen the show, but I didn't go over and out to, to try and figure out who they were. I wanted to figure out who these women, who these women were, I guess, in scene, like when in, in the moments. Mm -hmm. And honestly, my first season, you know what I thought about myself? I felt like I was a punk my first season. Like I let them punk me. You did. I did. And like, you know, our, our producers whom I love so much were like, no, it was, you were great. It was fine. You did an amazing job. And I was like, nah, they tried to sun me. I let them sun me. So, they tried. Yes, they tried me. And I, I feel like I, I wasn't, I didn't like light them up enough. You can't go in there with a lighter for a season. Like, it's like yes. meeting new friends. Like, you know, right. a lot of times people get it twisted where they say, oh my God, you're somebody different, season two. Or like, oh my God, who is this new girl? Because, oh, she must be watching herself. It's yeah. not about that. It's about when you go on a reality show, it's like joining a new family or, you know, be finding your footing in a new friend group. Right. You have to take a minute to get to know right. everybody's personalities. Right. And then everybody has their limits. As we've seen, yeah. As we've seen. <laughs> Yes. Tell me about that first reunion, because a lot of people don't realize, and I try to stress this to as many people as possible, a reunion is not what it seems. That is 12 hours. That is all day. You are parched. You are hungry. You're everything under the sun. You're every emotion. It's a lot. And then obviously this year, this reunion is going to be the most emotionally taxing. I think this is the first year I'm not looking forward to the reunion. My previous two reunions, I was like, yeah, I'm excited. I get to get glammed up and sit on the couch and yeah. talk and kiki and cuss. This year, I'm, I'm just like, can we just get to it and through it and then take me to the bar? Okay, I need to go to is, the bar. Is it in person? I don't know yet. Everyone who doesn't realize this, if you watch Housewives, when the ladies walk on set for the reunion, their names are on pieces of tape right on the couches. Mm -hmm. If your name is on either couch closer to Andy Cohen, that means that you're going to have the hardest reunion. Did I lie? You did not lie. I think Candy said that best at, was it season nine when the, you, who's that? Or the, um, the rumors. Yes, rumors. the lies. Yes, the lies, the lies, the lies. She said, that was the year she sat next to Andy and she was like, yeah, this is probably not a good thing because that means that you had a crazy year. And I, and I was like, yeah, that's what that means. So yeah, but if we are in person, New York was in person and you saw their setup, right? Andy was at the, like, the front of the U, it was like a U shape. 
Yes. And he was at the front and then the girls were spread out six feet apart in individual oversized chairs. Yes. So, I mean, I guess I, I want him to be in the middle though. He needs, so he, he can like really like field questions to both sides. So I hope that he's in the middle if we're in person and we're spread out six feet apart, flanking him. That's my hope. At this point, bitch, you might be on Andy's lap because the drama was like... <laughs> your quads are ready for this little booty because yes i'll sit right on his lap before we get into the drama i find it interesting because you know i like to dig into people's relationships Uh, i find it interesting that you have known your husband for years before you guys started dating yeah and a lot of times we talk about people putting us in the friend zone and not being able to get out of it how the hell did your man get out of the friend zone (laughs) because i know it was you that put his ass there I did. We met at work and then we ended up moving to a different location together. And we, in that location, we were working in like a really small office together and we just would talk and we would talk about his ex-wife and his kids and the women he was dating. And I talked to him, I was going through a bad breakup, like right around that time. And I talked to him about that. And he, I was having a party one year and I showed him a picture of my kitchen and he was like, oh, when can I come cook in your kitchen? And I was like, no, nope. I don't date men who've been married. And I don't date men who got children. I don't do neither one of those. And he was like, Ooh. oh, got it. And I, I friend zoned him right there, as you said. And he says that that sort of opened the door for us to just be friends. The pressure was off at that point. And we were friends, I think, for three and a half, four years after that. We both no. ended up in that restaurant, but we kept in touch. We all had the same friends that worked at this same restaurant. And one of my really good friends who I went to college with actually is who introduced us. We would all hang out together. We would go to bars, we'd go out to eat. We'd have like a monthly brunch with like all of our friends. So we kept in touch. When I was launching my pageant consulting firm, I was on the phone with Chris a lot for whatever reason, just like talking about nothing. And yeah. it kind of like yeah. helped me figure out like the numbers part of like setting up the packages for my business. And then we ended up working together again in a different, um, in a hotel in DC. And that's when he started flirting with me. We were still just friends. I was dating a guy, he was dating a girl, but he was flirting with me. And I was like, are you flirting with me? And he was like, I mean, and it just kind of like organically became what it what it was and he what happened was i launched my pageant consulting firm and he wanted to take me out to celebrate i'm thinking yeah. we're gonna go to a bar and have like a drink he made reservations for us in a, a place called old town which is in alexandria virginia which is like a nice area and it was like a nice restaurant and i'm mm-hmm. like why are we going to this restaurant if we're just celebrating my like this is a date and so i dressed for a date And we go and we're sitting there and we're talking and then we finished eating. He invites me to three other bars after and we were out all night. Then we get back in my car and we talked until the sun came up and we kissed and then we fell asleep in my car. Y'all. And then and literally from that day to this day, we've been together because he came over every night after that and slept on the couch. Good for you. Yes, for two months he slept on the couch. 
But let me ask you this question because it's interesting. A lot of women say, I don't want to date a man with kids. I don't want a man who had, you know, has had a marriage before. Yes. What was the biggest misconception that you had had about a man with kids? I mean, the misconception rang true. No tea, no shade. Baby mama drama. I didn't want to have any part of like some woman being mad at me for breathing. Like I'm magical and black and I'm here. Okay, bitch. Like, yeah. And I did, just didn't want to deal with it. And then there's like, there's something to be said about being like the first, you know, like yeah. first wife or having kids with someone for the first time. I was married to those ideas. But I always tell women now, because women ask me, how did you end, how did you do this with a man who had these things already? You have to let go of that stuff. Like it's okay to have a list of things you want, but you need to reduce your non-negotiables because you could be missing out on love of your life because you have this laundry list of non-negotiables. If I had stuck to that, I would not have my, Chris is my best friend. He's literally my person. He's my whole entire person. And I would have missed out on him if I was stuck to this idea that, oh, I just can't be with a guy that has had a wife and has kids. And the kids are wonderful. They're great. And the, the ex-wife, she over there. She fine. Is she black or is she white? She's a swirl. Oh, so Chris been get, Chris has been with us for a minute. He's been with the community, yes. <laughs> this, I was like, damn, he is really swaggy. That would be a lot of swag to pick up in like less than a year. Oh, like I was like. He had Tyra Banks on his wall in high school. He's been with us. He's, he's Chris been, has been with he's it. He's been eating the chocolate chow. <laughs> I love a man with kids. And I'm going to tell you why. Yes. Yes. I always say when you see someone, this goes for women as well. Yes. When you see someone with their children, you see their true selves. Yep. And a lot of men yep. out there are, and a lot of women as well, are these Insta parents where yes. it looks cute on the gram and yep. you're stunting for the gram and, mm -hmm. oh, I have my kids all the time. But then when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, a lot of dudes, even when they're in marriages, a lot of dudes check the f*** out whenever they have that baby. That is 100% true. I think... Children teach men in particular, because women, they have this like natural nurturing spirit about them. Mm. Most women, not all, most. A lot of men that I have dated and that I have been around, they did not develop that until they had children. Yes. The child and the idea of having this person you have to take care of is what taught them to be kinder and to be nurturing and to be loving and more understanding and to have more patience. Yes. My husband is an ass and I just would not want to know him before kids because he was more of an ass Chris yeah. with children is like, you could just sit there and watch them because he's such a dad. He's like, he cooks all the meals. He gets them ready for bed. He he'll he'll bring my bonus baby to me to do her hair because she prefers that I do her hair. But he'll do her hair if I'm not there. He's just a he's a dad. He's like such a but he's a cool dad. He's a good. He's a great dad. And it's just you so beautiful to see that. You see, and it shows me that I don't have to worry about when we have kids because I have a good co-part, a good co-parent. Let me turn the tables on you because you're outspoken. We can talk about the truth. 
Yes. Imagine if you dated a guy and he, or you hit it on a guy and he was like, yeah, I don't want nothing serious with a woman who has kids or has been married. Who's fighting who? I'm not fighting nobody, but the door to get out when I leave, honey. Like, that's the end of that. Like, you know, you, <laughs> there's nothing else to say. And that's, you know, that's kind of what Chris said to me, too. He was like, when I said I didn't want to date a man with kids, that was the end of it for him in his mind. Because he's like, I can't change this. I can't make it go away. And, you know, it's if you meet a person who says that to you and you try mm -hmm. to make it work, you're doing a disservice to your children because this person has yes. expressed to you that they are already not willing to acquiesce to a situation where there are children in the mix. So, so you got to go. How did the pageant world get you prepared for your role on Real Housewives? Because I feel like yeah. there's some backstabbing, some weave pulling oh. and some and some emotional warfare backstage at these pageants. So people ask me this question all the time, and it is 100% true that pageants probably prepared me the best for this world of housewives. And not so much because of like the backstabbing and all that stuff, because I personally never experienced that in pageantry. I've heard about it, I've seen it happen, but it never happened to me. But what yeah. I have learned was really how to be resilient and how to not allow crazy people to break my focus. Because when you're competing, when you're preparing, most of the, all the work that you do is in preparation. So preparing your body, preparing um, your brand to get ready to interview with a panel of judges and sell your brand to this panel. Yeah. Getting on a stage and like learning your body angles and how like your muscles work to twist your torso and poke your boobs out and squeeze your butt cheeks so you can yeah. stay left pony like all that stuff like that's all resilience and that is what has helped me the most in dealing with these women and then like there's a, a little bit of the cattiness like learning how to be like a a Dominique Devereaux dynasty sort yes of shade yes you learn that in pageantry and you can take that with you into the housewives world I spent a lot of time in the library in college Bitch, nothing could prepare me for the reads of the Potomac reads are so on point, but yeah. I love that you guys don't, it never crosses the line. Well, let me not say never for a long time. It didn't really cross the line for a long yeah. time. Yes, you are. Yes, yes. I felt like everybody knew shade was shade. It was fair game. If I get shaded one day, we walk away. You get shaded one day. You know, is that something that you guys talk about before you start a season? No, we never talked about it. I think that Bravo just did a, a good job of bringing together a group of women who were most, we were all kind of friends in some way. Like Giselle and Karen were friends. Sharice and Robin were friends. I was friends with Ashley. I don't know where, where Monique came in, but... Everybody kind of had a friendship. Wendy and I were friends. So you're coming in and you've got a connection to somebody. And like-minded people sort of flow together. I think that aside from maybe one of us, we just understood boundaries and how to, um, I call it verbal acrobatics, how to be a verbal acrobat and deliver what needs to be delivered and then go home. When you are raised up, 
in the way that the Lord has told you to go when, when you are trained yeah. upright, yeah. When you're, you know, in, in a community and not in squalor, that's what you are taught how to have a verbal altercation, a verbal spat. Oh, key, 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 girl, you tried it. You ain't got no edges. Bye. That's, that's what we do. That's, that is housewives. Okay. That's what, you, that's, that's, that's also not, black culture in general. Is to fuss. It's to fuss and we John, mama right. jokes, John yes. in, and yes. we cool. And then it's like, okay, girl, I feel like Giselle was the first person to kind of open me up to that. Cause she was mean. She was like, she hate, she would like haze you. And she kind of hazed me up. She was a little, she would say like funky, like shady stuff. And I would clutch my pearls like, wait, did, I, I feel, tr she just tried me. I feel tried. Okay. And that's a but good then, shade when it takes yes. you back. Yes. But then she would be like, oh girl, you look cute today. It's fine. And it's like, oh, okay. Understood. I, I learned and I adapted. And I think that's what we've all, most of us have learned to do that. Well, speaking of, I'm not going to get to that just yet, but somebody else who doesn't know boundaries apparently is Michael. So I don't even know what to say about that, except who raised him? First of all, we know Michael got more hands than Akeem Olajuwon. Okay. We, we know he gets handsy as he is a handsy some of a something something. Yes, that yes he is. Yes he is. He, I just I've, I just can't for the life of me I can't understand this man is like seventy nine years old. You are too old, sir, to be behaving like this. You have an infant and one more on the way, and you have shamed your your child is in utero. You are shaming your child, and they're not even here yet. It's it's just Peter Pan syndrome to me. Like, you just why never does she stay? Why does she stay? You gotta ask her. I mean, money is very powerful, and security is very powerful. I think it's, it's more of the security and less of the money. And I'm gonna say, let me tell you, I don't know this woman at all. I'm talking about Ashley Darby right now. I don't know this woman at all. But watching she and her mother's interactions, yeah, I can see where. I know a lot of girls who just wanted to escape that bad situation and mm -hmm. get in a better bad situation that was still not 100% the best, right. but it was better than what they had before. Correct. Yes. And she's been very forthcoming about, you know, her humble beginnings and how her family struggled early on. And I think it's natural for you to want more for yourself. Yeah. When you grow up in an environment that's not ideal or savory, she just she took it to the nth degree, and I guess really didn't do enough homework. Cause that, cause I feel bad for her. I don't even like her ass, and I feel bad for her because nobody deserves to be embarrassed down to the TV as much as this man has embarrassed her. I would feel better about the situation if she got on Andy Cohen one night and was like, yeah, bitch, I got my own side chick. Like, if she was like, yeah, I got my own side chick. She lived in the basement. Her name is Vanetta. Like, I would feel better about it. Agreed. 1,000%. Because yes. a lot of people, you know, come on, you know a lot of couples, especially oh. in this Hollywood reality world, oh, yes. you know they both got side chicks. Oh, they yeah. both got side hustles. And it's fine, but no yeah. one's going to find out about it, but you getting sloppy. Correct. 
And I on think- my show, not yeah. even on your show. This is right. not real white men of Potomac. It, right, it's not. The real ass grabbers of Potomac, it is not. No. I you know, I think she's she's in it. She's in it now. It's like she's too deep in it. They've been married for a long time. Now she's got these kids or a kid and a kid on the way. I admire her for keeping her eye on the prize. That girl wanted these babies. She getting these babies. OK, that's all she wanted. And she's getting them good for her. OK, and by know, any means necessary. You know what? And I'm, I'm again, I would be more OK with it if we were honest about what the prize was, what we were winning out of it. But my problem is, and I think this happens sometimes with women, mm-hmm. is that, okay, I'm gonna have this baby and it's gonna fix I don't think that, I think she's not that dumb. I think she just wants, she wants to have children. And this is the person who she's been in it with for so long. And this is the person who's gonna provide security for her and her children. I don't think she thinks it's gonna fix anything. I think she's aware of what she has. And you kind of see, that. I didn't see this, I heard about it. You kind of see that at the finale. You kind of see that she sees the things, if that makes sense. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. You worked at the White House. You know politicians. You know when people... Or, you know, you know, Claire Underwood, you have met them. I have, yes. She she She's knows. She's Claire. Yeah. But she owes, she owes your ass an edible arrangement, bitch. And not the cheap one either. The one with the chocolate-covered strawberries. <laughs> because nobody was talking about what happened in that hotel room. Because everybody was talking about what went down at that wine day. In your wildest dreams of doing this show, did you ever imagine that you would be in the middle of something this crazy? No, the answer is no. I think the sentence that you just said, I have said that to myself and to my family and my friends a million times. I, and if, I mean, people who know me and who can gather who I am through the TV will know that there is no part of me that is a fighter. I do not fight. That is not what I do. I was not raised. Never even thought it. Raised to fight. I was not raised to scrap in the streets. This, this is not. This is not my legacy. I don't do these things. Now, what I will do is give you a good verbal lashing. Okay. Yeah. I I will do a backhand spring across across your face with these words, okay? I'm a verbal acrobat. I'll give you that. This vocabulary will get you together. And that is what I thought we had signed up for on our show. This is, you know, no shade, because I, I love my basketball basketball wives, girls. I love my love and hip hop. Love and hip hop. Love them. This is not that, though. 
this is not that. And it never has been. And if I ever thought that this was that, I would have been, I would never come onto this platform. I didn't, I didn't sign up to be a part of, not that anyone has ever approached me for Love and Hip Hop or Basketball Wives for a reason, because I don't fit. You're not the demographic, you're not the mix. I'm not, I'm not out here trying to scrap with nobody about nothing, nothing. Unless I'm fighting my husband over our food, because we fight over food all the time. But unless I'm fighting over a biscuit, no, I'm not, I'm not fighting. So this took, and that's, that's the mind of it all. This took me so far left of what I saw for myself and where I saw myself being in life and what I saw happening for me that it just, I, I couldn't, I didn't even know my name for a while. Wow. I was just like in my house, like looking at the walls, like what the f- happened? Like, how did this happen? How did we get here? And all of the crazy things that were being said about what happened. I don't, I don't know how this is for you or for other people, but like when you know the truth of something and someone is telling an alternate version of the story and you, you. can't defend yourself. Kills you. Thank you. It kills you. It sends you into depression, anxiety spirals, because you're you're not in control. You are being made to be this person that you know that you're not. I know that I can be loud. I know that I have a mouth. I know that I will punish you with my words. But that's what we all do. That was the game. That's the game. Y'all are not watching Housewives to see us kumbaya and braid each other's hair and drink wine all day. That's not why you guys are watching us. It's 100%. But the thing that I have tried to stress to people, because at times we get into this debate at work about people needed to move on or yeah. milking. And I'm like, you guys, this happened a year ago. So you go through that traumatic moment and then you have to wake up the next morning and try to process it, not only for yourself, but for your family. Mm-hmm. And then when you think you're getting over it, you then have to hear about it on the blogs and have to process it again with the comments in the blogs. And yeah. then when you think you're over that, you realize that a year later, you're going to have to have 3 million people weigh in on what they think happened and yeah. why this happened and whose fault it is. So you're dealing with this for two plus years. Yeah. And, and you still got to go sit face to face with her at a reunion. You, I mean, you said it all. It's like, I don't know. I honestly don't know how I am here. The way that, the way that these lies have been set up and the way that the devil has been in these lies and the way that the mob boss has sent her indentured servants out here into these streets, trolling my pages with clown emojis and rat emojis and just trolling my mother, trolling my husband, trolling my sister, all at her hand to try and reroute this narrative for her. 
watching this episode now, watching the season unfold, seeing not only the footage, because you probably blacked out at that moment, but seeing the footage, seeing people's reactions, what was that like for you to know that the truth was like finally out, frame by frame? Frame by frame. Um, I thought that it would be more satisfying than it actually was. It Don't get me wrong, it was satisfying. It was a huge weight lifted off of me after waiting like six months. More than six months. Yeah, it was definitely a relief, but this affected me on a psychological level. And yeah. it like me up mentally so bad. And it's not even the fight. People are like, oh, you're, you're, you're milking the, this and this is, you're being dramatic. It's the aftermath. Right. It's not even the fight. It's everything that happened after knowing that you are allowing these, this narrative to continue to be perpetuated when you know the truth, when you know what happened, when everybody in their mama has told you what happened. Everyone, people holding cameras, people that edit footage have told us what happened. And you are still dying on this hill that I was provoking you and I was threatening you and that I threw wine on you and I threw a glass on you. I even heard I threw a bottle on her. It was just so many different versions of this story. I don't understand. I, to this day, I don't understand it. I don't get how you can be that indignant. Did they let you watch it before it came out? Well, I watched it before because when I pressed charges, the um, Montgomery County Prosecutor's Office subpoenaed the footage. Of course, we were given the footage. This was in November, and I actually didn't watch it until February because I just couldn't, I couldn't do it yet. But yeah, I saw, and Chris watched it right away, and he described it to me, but I couldn't watch it for myself yet. So then I did finally watch it, and it was awful. It was horrible to watch. Uh, my heart was like beating the whole time. It just, even to this day, if I hear the fights, if I hear like the the screaming or any of it, if I see any part of it, I still get like heart palpitations. Yeah, I get like like numbness in my chest. Like it's it's awful. It's awful to relive. Where are you guys now at with the legal proceedings? In well, in the show, you will see the start of me pressing charges but the charges were eventually dropped. I have my re my speculations as to why, but she actually counter-pressed charges on me, claiming self-defense. When I pressed my charges, it was public. It became public. Yeah. It was all over the blogs, it was everywhere. And then when she countered, it just blew it up even more and it became less about justice and more about how entertaining- The PR nightmare. Yes, and I think that could be part of the reason why the charges were eventually dropped. I mean, it's going to come up again. Normally in a housewife season, the pink slips go out the day after the reunion airs. You guys start talking about contracts. You guys start talking about storylines. Mm -hmm. I have to ask you, if Monique is invited back to Real Housewives of Potomac as a housewife, will you go back? I don't see a world where the two of us can exist. I can't let you not finish your story. Yeah. You know, I, I just feel like 
<sighs> this changed the whole franchise. Out, outside of myself, that's the part that's the most hurtful, is that this completely obliterates the dynamic. And this is now part of our legacy. And that is hard to, to swallow and stomach. And it's not fair that we are now living in infamy as this group that has you know been a part of a very public, very violent, very crazy public physical altercation. I hate that that is what this comes to. And I don't want to you know place blame anywhere, but I hate that it went there. I hate that it had to go there. I'm mad that people are catching on to this show for the reason why they're catching on to this show. I know, right? And I often tell people all the time, you got to go back. You got to go yeah. back. You got to appreciate it for what it was before this happened. But I think people can change their stories. I think people can turn things around. I mean, look, I don't think this is going to be easy for you to get through. I don't think this is going to happen tomorrow. I don't yeah. think this is going to be done with in the next four years. I think you have a long ways to go in your growth, but you actually have an organization that helps women empower themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, how are you going to empower yourself and turn this into something that you can teach these young women at your organization? That's always been my mantra. That's always been sort of like my foundation is women's empowerment. And I have my LLC, my sister's keeper, and which I started when I was in college to help mentor underprivileged women of color in the DC area, because that's where I went. I went to Howard University and I, I came from a very different environment than I was, than I went to when I went to college in the middle of Northwest Washington, DC. And you see different things and different um, demographics and different um, ways of life in yes. a big city than you do when you're living in, you know, in the suburbs in McDonough, Georgia. And, and it, it struck me in a way that made me want to impart some of what I learned from the black women that embraced me and, and instill that into these women that I met, you know, in, in DC. And then recently, I chartered an organization called the National Women of Achievement uh, with my sister. My sister serves as our president. I'm our first vice president. And we were chartered on August 31st. Amazing. Yes. Um, the event was actually um, the, the March on Washington. That was our first official event. And we are really excited to just be in the community and facilitating change um, for people in Prince George's County, for people across the country, because NWOA is a nationally recognized organization. Um, and we actually have had a lot of people, in women interested in joining. We're actually going to be having some interest meetings soon. Nice. Um, you know, it's so crazy because you talk about coming from a small town mm -hmm. and going to Howard because yeah. you know, I mean, for everybody out here who doesn't know what turning somebody out means, these I city know. folk will smell your ass across the room and mm. try to turn you out, okay? And listen, without blinking twice about it, it's crazy. Yeah, like, so- You must have been my, boy crazy at Howard, by the way. I, I wasn't boy crazy, was I? No, I'm, 
I'm a relationship person. I have to be uh. in a relationship. So I actually started dating this guy my freshman year. He was a grad student. Yes! 15 years my senior. Trinity, he's, he's Trini, Trinidadian. And we were together for like most of my tenure at the Mecca. Because you got turned out by a Trini. You guys, we guys, she was like, no, I didn't get turned out. She was like, no, no, I was, I'm a relationship girl. I met a Trini who was 15 years older. And then she got turned out. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna get you some therapy about that one. I'm gonna get you some therapy about that one. Wait, oh my God, you guys, you guys, this has been a self-realization on just the sip. How about that Trini though? Oh my God, listen. Yeah, well, he he taught me a lot of things. Talk about that Trini, because let me tell you. Yeah, I was 18. He was what 30, 33? Turned out at 18. Yeah. But I was also, I was mature. And I couldn't be with these little boys, these little college boys. They wouldn't, they wouldn't hitting on nothing for me. Like, I need to be able to talk to you. I need to, like, I was in a different place. My longest relationships, except for one, have all been, like, Chris is eight years older than me. Like, I I date older men. I feel like I thrive with an older man. Isn't it funny? that if you date one white man on TV, people just assume that you only That's date white men? I hate that. It's like, oh, you hate black men. You don't, you don't like your race. This is all you like. You don't want to give black men a chance. Brother, who aren't you? Like, sis, who made you mad? No, Chris is, aside from one other, the, the only white man I've ever dated. But I've dated everything. I've dated Trini. I've dated... Black, of course, several black men, um, mixed, like biracial. You went everywhere. Yes, I'm an equal opportunity, or I was. I was an equal opportunity dater. Yes. Because like East Indian, um, Middle Eastern. I am here for it. I am here for it. Why not? Why not? By the way, what year did you graduate from Howard? Oh, nine. I miss the days where, like, if you went to Southern, if you went to Howard, if you went to um, Morehouse, like, it was like those colleges for young Black youth were, like, you were that bitch when you came home, if you went to one of those schools. Oh, yeah. And people used to, like, really aspire to go and be a part of that college life. And now people are aspiring to be social media influencers, which I know there's some money in it, but it just, it kills me because when I was growing up, it was all about coming home with that Morehouse sweatshirt. Yes. You know? I agree 100%. I think that priorities have shifted as the, the generations get a little older and I, but I fear for them too, because, you know, we've seen the few instances where Instagram is like shut down and there's, and they're, they're having to like repair it for whatever reason. And that's, there go your coin sis. Your money, yeah, is, yeah. your money is in Instagram. Instagram is gone. What you gonna do? So I worry about the evolution of social media and how 
it will evolve and how the platforms will change and grow. Like even like TikTok came on the scene and it was like, oh, this is new and people are able to monetize that. But has that taken away from the Instagram platform? Facebook has basically become where our parents go to commission yeah. each other and our grandparents are posting pictures of their, their grandkids and their dogs. That's Facebook. Is Instagram next? Then then there's just TikTok. And what happens if TikTok blows up? Like you just you gotta you gotta aspire to be more. 100%. And it's no shade, it's no shade at all to people who have made a name for themselves on social media because that is an art form. I'm not even really that great at it. So I tip my hat to people who have been able to do that. I just think that you know there's more to life than like getting the perfect selfie and like spending two hours getting the right light when you could be drinking and like- Yeah, enjoying life. Have your leg up on a tree, like doing it with 100%. your boo. Like doing it with your boo. Doing it At four o'clock in the afternoon before the kids come home. Okay. Instagram doing the Tootsie Roll closet. Right? <laughs> better. Oh, I love you. I love you too. I honestly feel like I feel like I like I know you. Like I knew you before. I don't know why. Like we because we we're both Southern G's. We're both yes. Southern G's. We're the yes. same age. Yes. We want the same. We both are equal opportunity lovers. We both connected over the vote of it all. We were both screaming for Brianna's ass. Speaking yes. of the devil, she sits with me over here every day. <gasps> Brianna Taylor, everybody. Um, I think we just, I, I don't know. And I feel, you know, I know your struggle. I worked for a housewife for five years. She's my best friend. She's my soulmate. So I've seen the ins and outs and I know how it all happens. Yeah. And oh, so you really get it. Yeah. What the mental struggle is like, you know, they want a Critics' Choice Award. Yeah. The first and only ever for a Real Housewife franchise yeah. on the first season. And that first season fell on her back. And it was rough. And it was tough. And I know sometimes vindication takes years. It took her years to get vindicated. But you got to put in the time. You yep. can't give up. Can't give up. You got to be resilient. And you got to turn this upside. You got to turn this the right side up. Like, you got to figure out how to flip this incident. And yep. turn it into something positive because it will. It's gonna help people. You're yeah. gonna figure it out. Yeah, working on it. Music and is. You're not leaving. You're not leaving your show. I don't want to. I really don't. There's there is so much more to do. This platform is great for a lot of things, you know. And I yes, I want to be here to to use it for those things and to have more fun. And honestly, as, as bad as it's been, it's really kind of put new friendships together in a way that I never thought. There are people that I never saw being a friend to me in the way that some of these ladies have been. So it's, it's got a lot of positives, but it's like, do they outweigh the negatives? The negatives. Yeah. yeah. We'll find out. When's that music dropping? So I was in the studio last night. I'll be back yeah. in the studio for three days straight in two weeks. So we're, we're looking to bring the people some things at the top of the year. And there's Netflix, I hope is releasing Family Reunion probably next year. I'm in episode four or five. And then I just did a Christmas movie for BET that's coming out in December. 
All right. You know what, bitch? You, you can leave that show. You got enough coins and bags to make up for everything that's about to happen. <laughs> no, 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 not yet. Not yet. If you're sleeping on Potomac, let me give you the user's guide, the easy user's guide. We're on season five right now. This is season five. Yes. If you go back to season one, watch the first the two reunions, go to yeah. season two, watch the last two episodes of the regular season, and then do the reunions. Season yeah. three, same thing. Season four, yeah. you can do the reunions. But come through five at the yeah. beginning. Beach, get your life. Get your life. Okay. You have to. Like it's, that's the easy guy. There's no excuse at this point. Like you've got to be on this train. Like because Potomac is going to leave you behind. Because after this, where do we even go from here? That's the other thing. It's like, how do we do a season six? Like, what do we do? I have to have a baby, I guess. Don't even put that out in the universe. I love you. I love you too. You guys, thanks for listening. And do not forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And you can follow me at The Lady Sitter and be sure to come back every week for another pour of your favorite celebrity.